These are the scriptures appointed for June 11th, 2023, the second Sunday after Pentecost, proper five in the numbered propers of ordinary time. pray. Grant, O Lord, that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your providence, that your church may joyfully serve you in quiet confidence and godly peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Beloved people of God, the scriptures we hear this day resound with themes of God's unrelenting love and the life-creating power of his grace. We remember again the boundless mercy and redemption he has lavished upon us through Christ. And we feel the tug to lift up our hearts as we say as we come before the altar. Amidst the brokenness of this world, God's desire is for us to embrace his love, to turn towards him, to find solace and quiet confidence and godly peace that flow from his joyful service. May our hearts be opened to the unhurried embrace of divine providence that orders the course of this world in peace, that we may joyfully serve God with those little things we do day to day, ever secure in his abiding presence. Our first reading comes from the book of the prophet Hosea. We hear a picture of repentance, but in fact it is a picture of false repentance a picture of presuming upon God's grace without actually changing one's deepest heart. And yet God, in the face of this, mercifully desires a deeper open-heartedness from his people. This is Hosea chapter 5, verses 15 through chapter 6, verse 6. God says, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face and in their distress earnestly seek me. The people of God say to themselves, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us. On the third day he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. Says the Lord, 
What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For I desire steadfast love, and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God, rather than burnt offerings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our psalm for today builds upon the themes that we hear in the first reading. We hear of God who as the righteous judge desires true worship and a sincere heart rather than mere external sacrifices. God calls us to open our hearts by offering authentic worship and surrendering ourselves to his righteous judgment. This is Psalm 50, Deus Deorum, which ancient readers took to be on the lips of Christ as he came again to judge the world. The Lord, even the most mighty God, has spoken and called the world from the rising of the sun to the going down thereof. Out of Zion, perfect in her beauty, God has shone forth his glory. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. There shall go before him a consuming fire, and a mighty tempest shall be stirred up round about him. He shall call to the heavens above and to the earth beneath that he may judge his people. Gather my faithful together unto me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. I myself will testify against you, O Israel, for I am God, even your God. I will not rebuke you because of your sacrifices or for your burnt offerings, because they are always before me. I will take no bull calf out of your house, nor he got out of your folds. For all the beasts of the forest are mine, and so are the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the air, and the wild beasts of the field are in my sight. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the whole world is mine, and all that is therein. Do you think that I will eat the flesh of bulls and drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows unto the Most High and call upon me in the time of trouble. So will I hear you and you shall praise me. 
But to the ungodly, God says, Why do you recite my laws and take my covenant in your mouth? Though you hate to be disciplined and have cast my words behind you, when you saw a thief, you agreed with him and have taken part with adulterers. You have let your mouth speak wickedness, and with your tongue you have set forth deceit. You sat and spoke against your brother, yes, and have slandered your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I held my tongue, and you thought wickedly that I am such a one as yourself. But I will reprove you, and set before you the things that you have done. O consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver you. Whoever offers me a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and to him who orders his way aright will I show the salvation of God. We are beginning, as we come into ordinary time, a long season with Paul's letter to the Romans. Our passage today is about Abraham's faith and how it was credited to him as righteousness, emphasizing that righteousness comes through faith in God's grace and not by works. As we open our hearts What we are invited into is a deeper reliance on God's grace and firmer trust in his promises rather than a greater striving or more deeds. This is Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null, and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may, be, may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We are also, as we come to this season, entering a long period of Lectio Continua through Matthew's Gospel. That is to say, we will be reading more or less sequentially from now until Advent, section by section of the Gospel. 
This week we hear of the calling of Matthew and subsequently how Jesus goes and reclines at table with tax collectors and sinners, much to the scandal of the scribes and Pharisees. And Jesus quotes to him that verse we find resonating with Hosea's prophecy and with the psalm, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. This is Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came to call not the righteous, but sinners. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we allow these scriptures to resonate in our hearts and minds and souls, here is a poem of Alfred Austin, 19th century English poet, sometime a poet laureate of England. This poem is entitled Love's Trinity. It explores the unbroken unity of our interiority, which must give itself in love if love is to be true. This is Love's Trinity by Alfred Austin. Soul, heart, and body we thus singly name are not in love divisible and distinct, but each with each inseparably linked. One is not honor and the other shame, but burn as closely fused as fuel, heat, and flame. They do not love who give the body and keep the heart ungiven, nor they who yield the soul and guard the body. Love doth give the whole, its range being high as heaven, as ocean deep, wide as the realms of air or planets curving sweep. Another poem to open these themes from a somewhat different angle. This is a poem of Jaladuddin Rumi, The Guest House. Rumi considers the soul as open to the world and needing to entertain all things, all experiences, all feelings that we come across. A different sort of unity of heart and soul. This is The Guest House by Rumi, translated by Coleman Barks. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, 
Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be cleaning you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing. Invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Let us pray. O oh God, you are the unfailing source of peace and grace. We ask you to order the course of this world in harmony with your divine providence, that we as your people, filled with an unshakable joy and steadfast trust, may serve you faithfully and in peace. Give us grace to open our hearts to your boundless love and mercy, to turn from all our smallness, our meanness, our brokenness, with genuine repentance, and offer worship that springs from the depths of our souls. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.